0: Let me welcome Peter-Louis Mayberg. He is a journalist, investigative journalist and author, and this year he is also the the Story of the Year Award winner at the Sukuvile Journalism Awards that are sponsored by Standard Bank. And it's over, his Digital Vibes story. Peter-Louis Mayberg, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time t- this morning.
1: Hi, morning, Kathy. Good morning to your listeners.
0: Firstly, congratulations on your win on on Saturday night. I mean, what what does that feel like?
1: Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, look, there, there certainly is a bit of elation and happiness. You know, obviously, as a investigative journalists but probably broadly speaking, journalists in in general, we do face quite a bit of uphill and battles and a lot of um, you know frustration in our work um, in the South African context. So it's it's nice to uh, receive a bit of recognition once in a while and. I think that of most importantly, it does for a brief moment also shine the spotlight on investigative journalism and kind of what goes into you know producing these kind of stories and and hopefully also the impact that it has.
0: There are very few South Africans who today would not know uh, about digital vibes. You know, from the po- from the moment that the story broke, it almost took on a life of its own. Did you anticipate that it was going to be as big as it has become?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think I certainly didn't um, anticipate that the fallout would be, I suppose, that quick. You know, I think in in South Africa we've kind of become accustomed sometimes that you know, some scandals. Don't, don't really very quickly lead to, you know, somebody as, as prominent as a national minister to effectively be knocked off his perch. Mm. Um, so that that was pretty quick, and the impact was quite quite surprising. Um, but I, I did know, I think initially when it became clear that there were these financial flows from the contract to the minister, I I, I did have a sense that it would have, uh, you know, it would be quite problematic for the minister and, and might have a, a pretty, you know, dire consequence for him. <laughs>
0: How long before you published, how long did it take you to investigate the story before you actually published it?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. once again, it's, I, I suppose it's good to just uh, uh, remind South Africans that of what goes into the story so mm. that we, we can get continue getting their support. So the Digital Vibes affair um, really came on my radar when we started looking at COVID 19 expenditure in general. So we weren't specifically looking at the Department of Health initially. Um, then my focus did fall to the National Department, and I kind of started looking at that, those contracts. But that, that would have been, you know, in around mid, uh, so, well, early early 2020, um, right after the first COVID-19 contracts were, were awarded, and that, that data started coming through from the National Treasury. And, yeah, I think, long story short, we probably worked on digital vibes for, for a good year, more or less, to do uh, roll out all of those staggered reports on the... The money that flowed to the minister mm-hmm. and the billings for the, the department, and really what in, went into the contract and what the uh, the government actually got out of it.
0: A year is a very long time, Peter Louis Mayberg, and often um, can be missed when a story is published and condensed in, into what a thousand, a thousand five hundred words.
1: Yes, I think luckily in you know, in this case, you know the uh, because of the the way we had um, published a story in intervals you know over over that period of time um, it, it kept the issue in the public eye um, so it's fortunately not a, a case where sometimes you know there is a big investigation that takes a couple of months and then um, the the the, uh, the piece is published once also it kind of only sits there for a bit of time and disappears so luckily in this case you know digital vibes we published it over a couple of months and it, it really kind of just kind of grew and sort of snowballed and then stayed in the, in the public eye to, to eventually have the impact that it did.
0: We'll continue the conversation with Peter-Louis Mayberg. He is uh, the winner of the Journalist of the Year Award from the Sikuvile uh, Journalism Awards over the weekend. It's now 9.30. Luyanda Maume is standing by with your latest headlines.
1: The Talking Point with Kathy Mossasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till
0: midday. We continue the conversation on the thinking point with peter louis mayberg who is the author of gangster state unraveling Esma machashula's web of capture among other uh, books that he has contributed to peter as somebody who does investigative journalism, you are often thrown into the center in as far as the the fights, uh, political contestations that are concerned, and you're either accused of being a pro one group against one group, doing the bidding for another group. How does mm. that affect you and how you do your work?
1: Yeah, well, so personally for me, it's like water off a duck's back. Mm. Um, I think you you have to uh, you know you to keep yourself blind to those considerations because it'll it'll start impacting on your work. Um, so we you know just need to broadly clarify what we do. we can simply do factual research into government expenditure um so you know if, if certain individuals um, in 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 a dubious manner benefit from government contracts and they are senior government ministers and the likes of um you knowradim Kizia, of course features here, then, then that is newsworthy you know that is public interest uh fact driven journalism that has to be brought under the government uh, the attention of um taxpaying south africans so Uh, The considerations around their political affiliations and where they fit into these sometimes complex internal ANC squabbles and battles and leadership contestation, that really doesn't concern me. Um, We follow the money. If it checks out, we will publish the piece.
0: What do you make of those who criticize the media currently and say that the media has been very soft in its coverage of President Cyril Ramaphosa that uh, we take a very pro Ramaphosa approach?
1: Well, I think that that narrative, you know, only serves the agenda of people who are um, themselves politically um, motivated and have political agendas. So obviously, the, I suppose a, a broader um, RET faction has been driving that, uh, driving that narrative. Um, you know, and it just doesn't seem to factually check out. If you look at the, the broader kind of offering on the matter, it certainly seems to have included a lot of critical think pieces, analysis, and, and reporting on the polar polar issue. So. I certainly don't see um, the, the media in general having turned the blind applied, applied. I I've seen some pretty scathing uh, pieces about, uh, you know, Ramaphosa supposedly having dodged accountability, and it's not giving us a good explanation of uh, what went in and what the four million dollars was for. So, um, I'm very sceptical of that uh, critique of the media because, in my opinion, um, it, it's only serving the the other party's political uh, agenda.
0: Uh, Peter, before I let you go, I just want to talk about the issue of cost. You know, we talk about digital vibes and just um, how well that investigation was conducted. The uh, gangster state book that I've also just referenced could really have served as uh, a docket of sort uh, before the State Capture Commission of Inquiry because uh, what you wrote in that book almost mirrors exactly to the figures what was presented before the Zonda Commission of Inquiry into state mm. capture. And yeah. what kind of work, in terms of resources, actually goes into doing um, the kind of journalism that, that you do, and why is it important that mm. it is supported?
1: Yes, yeah. So, let, I think, first and foremost, um, it's the, the issue of time, really, which is which is what becomes difficult for a lot of museums So, time um, is a resource in your newsroom environment. So you've got to allow a investigative journalist to essentially plug himself or herself out of the, the daily or weekly kind of news grind and news cycle and go off onto these very time-consuming you know, research cycles where they, they fo- focus almost kind of myopically and obsessively on this one particular issue. And then after a couple of weeks or months even – Come back and then deliver hopefully this big sort of impactful story um so so that is a big thing you know I think that is where um we need more support you know we we need to um you know bring ourselves back to a situation where there's a a broad offering of this kind of journalism in south africa and unfortunately right now not many newsrooms in our traditional newspapers the weeklies the dailies some other, you know, the electronic news platforms and radio and television, they they really can't afford that anymore. It, it just doesn't, um, you know, sit in their arsenal. So there's these select kind of few dedicated almost investigations units like ourselves at Scorpio and Amar Mugani and a few others who, who can do this work. Um, so the, that's really firstly what kind of goes into it. But then also, you know, in, in, in my specific case, you know, and, and a, a couple of my colleagues, There's also a bit of a skill set that's almost, um, you know, kind of forensic where, you know, it's definitely a very forensic approach uh, where there's a strong emphasis on proving what we are writing in a piece in a forensic manner and making sure that there's concrete evidence, um, you know, to to back up uh, when we say that, you know, cash flows from a government department to Minister X or Y whatever the case might have been. So there's also a little bit of a skill set needed in that sense. And that's fortunately you know, that's things that we pick up from, from actual forensic investigators and, um, you know, those kind of sources who, who, um, do impart that kind of knowledge on us over the years. Almost like I would say we, almost a little bit like armchair detectors or forensic investigators. And that's quite needed is that attention to detail and really making sure, um, that you can, can, um, verify and back up everything you write because obviously the stakes are, very, very high in, in publishing this kind of material. And you have to ensure that it passes all legal muster and, and is uh, factually solid.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations to you, Peter-Louis Mayberg, and uh, thanks for the work that you have done, especially over the last year with this Digital Vibes story. Thanks, All right. Uh, Peter-Louis Mayberg there, and he is the uh, Journalist of the Year Award winner for his investigative piece, Into Digital Vibes. And I think what he said there is so important. Um, it, it's not just about uh, time and resources, but it is also about equipping journalists with the right kind of skills uh, to be able to do this kind of work that really has uh, the potential to shape our society, you know, because when we look at the fallout from the digital vibes scandal, it has been, you know, absolutely incredible and much of it also feeding into the overall corruption um, that we have seen related uh, to uh, contracts under COVID-19. So really, really great work there and an opportunity to celebrate the work that is being done by different journalists.